The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, David McDowell, the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. As you know, I'm in the midst of a series titled Ask and It Is Given, or it's actually titled Exploring Ask and It Is Given by Esther and Jerry Hicks. And it's a series on the law of attraction. Um, I'm enjoying teaching it. I'm hoping that you all are enjoying it. I would love to get your feedback. You know, if some of you all can reach out to me via uh, Facebook message, not Facebook, uh, yeah, Facebook under Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. That's my dedicated page to this podcast. Give me a, a, a message. Let me know what you're getting from it. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, a few people are um, have reached out to me on Instagram. It's uh, or another Instagram page that I meant to start that I didn't, uh, that I'm not using. So. If you go to an Instagram page, it's a lot of stuff on it. That's the one. If you want to send me a message on that, that'll be uh, great as well. If it's something that don't have posts on it, that's not anything I'm using currently. So today I'm going to do a quick podcast. It's not going to be real long. It's going to be on chapter 16, which is you are co-creating within a magnificently diverse universe. And I think this is important because it allows us to start thinking about what does expanding and diversity mean and things of that nature. So the book starts off, or this chapter rather, starts off by stating, if you have the ability to imagine it or even think about it, this universe has the ability and resources to deliver it fully unto you. But this universe is like a well-stocked kitchen with every ingredient imaginable at your disposal. So when I read this first sentence in this chapter, I went right to a statement that is attributed to Jesus in the Gospels, which is, with God, all things are possible. Now, here's the caveat. You can only experience and produce and attract experiences that are consistent with your level of consciousness. So at your level of consciousness, it doesn't exist. And as far as you're concerned, it doesn't exist. It can be a possibility for other people, but it has to become a possibility for you. You have to believe that the resources of the universe are at my disposal. You have to believe that the unlimited substance of God is available for you. You have to believe in the invisible supply. You have to believe in the creative capacity of God within you. You have to believe that consciousness produces form. You have to believe that the healing is possible. 
You have to believe that the breakthrough is possible. You have to believe it because your individual experience is limited according to your belief. It's either expanded or limited based upon what you think, what you feel, and what you believe, which will determine what you say, what you do, and how you react. So I just want you just to be present to the fact that if you imagine it, it's possible. You know, you know, when I was a kid, you know, up to this day, not as much now, but I used to really love sci-fi movies. And now we're dealing with the legitimate experience of artificial intelligence. You know what that looks like. I can remember, you know, watching with my mom uh, when the movie came out on DVD. She loved the movie iRobot, and uh, she would watch it over and over again. So, of course, you know, I would watch it with her as well. I was well and grown by then, and I just noticed that, you know, now we have artificial intelligence that you can use on an app on your phone. If you can imagine it, it's possible. It's possible. But I think of now, life might have to catch up to your imagination. But who's to say what's possible and what's not possible? We can only say based upon our current level of understanding, our current worldview, our current paradigm, this doesn't seem to be possible. But here's the thing. Just like the world went from various sciences throughout the years to Newtonian uh, physics to quantum physics, and we're still trying to understand what quantum physics means at a really high level. I mean, it's still debate. People are still studying it. We've, we've just scratched the surface of what we know about the material universe. How much more are we ignorant of the spiritual universe, the spiritual qualities, the spiritual attributes, the spiritual laws, the spiritual principles that we're also connected to? It's great to understand all these things about the material, and it's also great to understand about the spiritual. Why? Because we're both. We're spirit, soul, body. All right, back to the book. All right. The next paragraph says, if you do not have the ability to know what you do want, you will not have the ability to know what you do not want. And without the ability to know what you do not want, you cannot know what you do want. In other words, you got to get clarity. You got to get clarity. You know, I tell people all the time, a quote from Reverend Ike. I use it in my sermons and my classes on this podcast. You must be definite with the infinite. You must be definite with the infinite. How can you demonstrate something that you aren't even clear about? You know, going back to use a gospel uh, example from Jesus, it's attributed to Jesus that sometimes when people came to him from he for healings, he would ask them, what, it is, what is it that you want me to do? Just get clear on that. So somebody might say, I want to see. According to your faith, be it done unto you. They had to get clear about what it was that they wanted. What, did, what do you want to experience? 
What do you want to demonstrate? What do you want to manifest in your life? If you're not clear what you want to demonstrate, then what are you really telling universal law? You have to have intention. You have to have clarity. Because you don't know what you want and what you don't want. And then when stuff shows up and you're not happy, I mean, who are you blaming? Now, I'm not saying you need to kick your own self in the behind. I am saying that you need to take responsibility that you haven't been definite. And that's necessary. You must be definite with the infinite. All right. Next page, 82. Under unwanted must be allowed for wanted to be received. And there's a line in this paragraph that's stood out to me. It says, this is an expanding universe and all things must be allowed. Now, I drew a line out of that and I wrote something that I read when I was a little boy reading Spider-Man comic books. And this line is famous for those who follow Spider-Man. Uncle Ben told him as a child, with great power comes great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. If all things are possible, then you need to, and all things are potential, and they're saying all things must be allowed. I started to think from that perspective and saying, okay, if you can create anything, that also means you can create destructive things, things that harm other people, things that abuse other people. And we need to be mindful that with great power comes great responsibility. This is why I'm a big believer that teaching metaphysics with love and ethics should always go together. You should always teach, in my opinion, teach metaphysics with love and ethics. Metaphysics is just law and principle. But that doesn't mean that that a, a person has love and compassion and wisdom and a sense of oneness. And, you know, I can understand why back in the day that People taught people surface level religion and didn't deal with the depths of metaphysics and mysticism because you needed to know the character of a person. It was sort of like in the ancient days in China when the masters would not teach anybody who came to them Kung Fu. Why? Because they needed to understand the the ethics, the morality of the person they were teaching. Matter of fact, I know a guy who uh, was in the Marines. And he was stationed in Okinawa in the 70s. And how can I say this? So, yeah, he was in he was in Okinawa and he would go to the base. And then afterwards, he would go to a karate dojo, one of the last real old school grandmasters of karate. And he he would, you know, study at night, you know, and back then, you know, you basically took care of the dojo. You washed, you cleaned, you, you know, you tended to the master's garden, whatever. That's how you paid, but, you know, besides the little whatever money you paid as a, as a military person or as a local. And he was already got to a point to where he has got his first degree black belt. And then one of the older black belts, uh, native Okinawan, which is now, uh, you know, uh, uh, the island is a part of the, the, the nation of Japan, but they're their own people with their own language and their own culture. And he came, he said, hey, you know, sensei wants to see you. 
He went to meet Sensei, and the Sensei, you know, acknowledged his commitment and his morality and his ethics. He said, "Now I'm going to teach you real karate." Now he had thought for all these these years he was studying real karate, and then he started to teach him the secrets that were in the forms and pressure point techniques and strikes and all this other stuff. Now, why am I sharing this? This has nothing to do, quote unquote, with the law of attraction directly. But what I'm saying is this master wanted to know before I pass down the real secrets of my art, I need to know what type of person this guy is. Can I trust him with this information? Can I trust him not to teach it to anybody that doesn't need to be taught it? Will he go out and harm other people with what I'm teaching him? Well, I think it's the same thing with metaphysics. Um, I, I, in my opinion, we have to always make sure that we're teaching the love ethic first. Because if not, you know, people just get caught up in, you know, vibrational harmony about things and they don't necessarily teach the love part as much. I'm not saying that's what Esther and Jerry Hicks is doing. But when I read the line, this is an expanding universe and all things must be allowed. I saw the slippery slope of that and said, okay. With great power comes great responsibility. All right, back to the book. Uh, you know, matter of fact, just looking because I said this was going to be a short podcast. Um, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. the book on page 82 and under the part where it says you did not come to fix a broken world they wrote as you enthusiastically make the decision to come into this physical body and create in this way you understood from your non-physical vantage point that this physical world was not broken and in need of repair and you did not come forth to fix it this is challenging for people because often people are like okay all of these things are broken. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't address issues that are right in front of you. You know, you know, children being harmed, violence, uh, violence, violence, disrespect, uh, dishonorable conduct, et cetera. I'm not saying you shouldn't address things that are breakdowns right in front of you or worldwide, hunger and things of that nature. But we have to be mindful that. How we view a thing makes a difference. I, I can remember, you know, when uh, the the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, which is the found who was the founder of Christ Universal Temple and the Universal Foundation for Better Living, would say that she never gave to anyone's poverty. And I would, I remember when I first heard it, it really struck me as odd. Like, what do you mean? Because she was known as a generous giver. She supported things she believed in. And when people were in what we would call human need, she was quick to go into her person, help a person. 
But what she said was, I never give to another person's poverty. She said in her mind, she was just a steward of God's abundance. Helping, not helping, supporting, and make sure I use the right language, supporting another child of God. Now, what's the difference? If you in your mind, you see broken people, broke people, sick people, etc., then metaphysically, that's malpractice. So no different than when she would tell us to go when you go into the hospital, you can't see the tubes, you can't see the machines, you can't see the monitors, you can't see the injury. You have to behold the Christ. And if you can't do that, you're not doing anybody any spiritual justice. So when I walk into a hospital, I'm laser beam focused on beholding the good, beholding the Christ, beholding God in that experience. I'm not there to rub. Uh, uh, rub people's shoulders and brush their hair. I'm there to stand in the gap and behold the Christ. And when you're dealing with people who have economic challenges, recognize that that's still a child of God. If you see somebody on the street and somebody else is calling this person a bum, that don't mean you have to call them a bum in your head. You have to be in the space of that's a child of God. Now, it doesn't mean you have to co-sign what they do. You have to be agreement or do it with them. But what you think about a person matters because that's in your consciousness. It makes a difference. All right, back to the book. Page 83. Do not put unwanted ingredients in your pie. So they wrote, you simply utilize the ingredients that will enhance your creation. And you leave the ingredients that are not appropriate for, for your creation out of your pie. They're using a metaphor. In other words, there's a combination of ideas, thoughts, feelings, and be- beliefs, and words, actions, et cetera, that create the, you know, the, the pattern for what it is you're seeking to attract into your life or produce. But it's important that you put certain things together. You know, one of the things that Charles Fillmore used for the uh, faculty of understanding is the uh, the how to, to know how to put right certain ideas in relation to others. In other words, what are the combination of ideas, thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and words that will help produce this action, that will manifest this, that will demonstrate this, and really focus on that? So when you are working on producing a particular thing, what are the out of the out of the raw spiritual qualities, for lack of terms, almost like raw ingredients, what ideas, what thoughts, what feelings, what beliefs need to go into making your quote unquote pie? Uh, in other words, to manifest what you desire. Just making you think about it. In other words, yet again. Clarity, because a pot pie, a chicken pot pie, requires different ingredients than a sausage pizza. What is it that you're seeking to demonstrate? Then there's enough room for all diverse thoughts and experiences. Can you believe that this universe is big enough for your dream, your goals? 
what you want to manifest, and you accept that as a possibility. Now, on page 84, uh, under here is the process by which your universe expands, the second paragraph says, and as you pay attention to the way you feel and continue to choose good feeling thoughts regarding your newly born preference, you stay aligned with it, and now gently and easily it appears in your experience. You have now created your desire. But along with this newly achieved physical manifestation of your desire comes an evolved perspective. So as you start to focus and stay in alignment with your goal, with your dream, with your vision, what ends up happening is it grows you and you start to develop a higher and more expanded perspective. In other words, your spiritual goals grow you. Grow you. As you start to contemplate spiritual things to to demonstrate your good, you will start to evolve and grow spiritually. I just want you to be present to that. So, I'm going to stop here um, because the rest of the stuff in this chapter, I think, are repeats of stuff that I've taught already. But here's the key that that I want you to be present to. The key to this teaching is changing your mind and keeping it changed. You got to stay there. You got to stay in that space. I've changed my mind and I'm going to keep it changed. That matters. I want you just to be in the space. of I'm, I have changed my mind. And I want to keep it changed. Be in the space that you want to be in. Uh, mentally. By living in it. Abiding in it. Trusting it. Knowing it. For yourself. If you do that. You can work with this material. I hope you bought the book. Because this book has so many Uh, good points in it, so many great ideas. But I want to make sure that you are aware of the work that is necessary to transform your own consciousness. It works if you work it. That's what Johnny Coleman used to tell us. But it works if you work it means if you work the principle, the principle works. If you work the universal law, the universal law works. And in this case, if you work the law of attraction, the law of attraction works. It works if you work it. So next week, I'm going to cover chapter 17, where you are and where do you want to be. I think that'll be a very interesting conversation. So I hope you got something out of today. Remember, I want you to reach out to me on uh, on social media. Let me know what you're getting from this uh, series or from the podcast in general. I I really love feedback. I want to know how it's impacting you, how long you've been listening to me, um, how you you demonstrated a particular good because of the podcast. It makes a difference to me. I really want to hear that. And I also want to remind you about going to the mindbodyspirit.fm website, going on it, clicking on my page, saving it, clicking on it like once a day for seven days, 14 days, 21 days, whatever you can commit to. To help me move up now on the algorithm, uh, I'm number one because of Apple. Num- some other ministry is number two. And then I'm number three. So I want to be the whole first page. 
Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. So when people type in Truth Transforms or Truth, which was the old name, or Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, the current name, all they see is this podcast. So I need your help with that. God bless you. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Take care. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I am an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.